0: you're listening to the pulpit ministry of North Life Baptist Church with Pastor Harley Snowde. At North Life Baptist Church, our mission is to encourage each person to take the steps of loving God, growing together, and serving others. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.northlife.church. Now, stay tuned for today's message. Good morning. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11. And we're continuing our series on epic, the significance of the faithful individual here in Hebrews 11. Um, Last week, Pastor uh, preached for Mother's Day on uh, Sarah and Rahab, and uh, today we're going to be looking at Abraham, one called Abraham. Uh, But just to set the context a little bit for before we read our uh, verses for this morning, uh, let's read a few uh, verses. uh, here at the beginning of chapter 11, starting in verse one, it says, "Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. And then verse six says, "But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him." So the writer of Hebrews here is just, uh, he's getting ready to list um, those that had epic faith, had great faith um, in the Old Testament here, and he's, he's trying to portray that uh, it's through faith that we are able to have a better life. Uh, it's better to live with faith than without. Um, and this morning, like I said, we're going to be looking at Abraham. If you will, look at verse 8, and we'll read uh, through verse 19 here, verse 8. It says by faith Abraham when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance obeyed and he went he went out not knowing whither he went by faith he sojourned or lived in the land of promise as in a strange country dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob the heirs with him of the same promise for he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Verse 11, pastor had uh, mentioned or uh, preached on last week, so we'll skip over that, but pick it up here in verse 12. It says, "'Therefore sprang there even of one, and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith, not having received the promises.'" But having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Verse 14, for they say such things, declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, an heavenly Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be, to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. By faith, verse 17, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. In verse 19, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. So we're looking at this epic faith of Abraham this morning, one named Abraham. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for the opportunity to gather here this morning, Lord, to worship you. Lord, I pray that the the worship, the songs uh, this morning was pleasing to you. And I pray now that um, the hearing of your word would go out, Lord, that it would uh, cause our faith to to grow, Lord, that it would challenge our faith, and Lord, that you would be pleased this morning. Uh, Lord, just be with my words, help them to be clear. Lord, may your spirit have free uh, reign as I speak, as well as uh, those here listen, and Lord, uh, just ask for your blessing this morning upon this service. We do ask that you be with Pastor as he preaches as well, Lord, that you would move and work there in Colorado. We just ask all this in Jesus' name, amen. So I don't know what your past week has has been like. Uh, It's been a beautiful week. Um, Dad was busy uh, getting things uh, done on the farm, and and being the great son that I am, I scheduled, uh, or actually the school scheduled a trip to Washington, D.C., the 7th and 8th grade class from Worcester Christian went there, so I went there with Titus, uh, so I had to leave Dad on the farm uh, by himself. Um, i th- I think he still calls me his son i 'm not sure, but <laughs> but I had an interesting experience, and it wasn 't just me, so it wasn 't like I was walking just by myself, and I was the one that got yelled at but I was kind of in the in the front of the group. we were uh, just touring uh, d c and the monuments and um, we were uh, getting ready to cross the street. We were close to the White House, and uh, there was police officers that were guiding, directing traffic and um, telling you know, people when to stop and when to go and stuff and there was one secret agent that kind of walked up to us and said get going you need to get across so me and uh, the guide that was uh, guiding us, I was walking right beside him and uh, we started to go in the group there was about 40 of us I guess in our group, we started to cross the street and we're walking along and out of the corner of my eye I see a big 50, 60 passenger bus, start to make a left-hand turn. And I'm thinking, it's coming right here, I need to stop. So I stopped, and this, this officer yelled at me, or us, and said, get going, you need to get across. I don't know if the president was getting ready to leave or coming or, or what was going on. Um, but I'm thinking, this bus is a lot bigger than this girl that's telling me to go, even though she's you know carrying and stuff. So we, we yielded, yielded to the bus um because another officer was telling this bus uh, driver to to get going as well um so so after that event happened the bus went through and we went on by um i kind of turned around and i noticed on their vest that they were wear- wearing it was secret service and i thought i just got yelled at by a secret service agent <laughs> So I wasn't thinking that would be one of my memories of when I went to D.C., but that's one of the things that happened. But in, D- in D.C., we got to see a lot of things, um, but we only got to see a little bit of what was actually there. It's amazing uh, what all uh, is there. Um, but a couple of the mon- monuments that we did see um, were of past presidents, specifically uh, the Washington Memorial and uh, the Lincoln Memorial, um, Titus uh, just couldn't get enough of the Washington Memorial. It was pretty, he just had to take all these pictures of the Washington Memorial. And um, at the time of its building, I guess it was actually the tallest structure in the world. Um, but since there's been taller ones built. Um, but why do we remember these two presidents, Washington and Lincoln? Well, Washington, because he was our first president, right? And Lincoln, because he brought us through the Civil War. Um, and just held our nation together, and um, was fighting for freedom for the slaves. Um, and we, we remember these presidents uh, more so than our other presidents. Um, those presidents, you could say, were, were epic. Yeah. And that's what we want to talk about this morning. Um, just as in the history of our country, uh, the author of Hebrews mentions those who have epic faith throughout the history that we find here in, in Scripture, These individuals lived a better life that pleased God, all because of their faith. In our life, we can have a better life that pleases God as well. We can have a life that obtains a a good report by having faith. So the question for us this morning is, do you have any evidence of your faith? Abraham's life was made epic by three confirmations of his faith. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. First of all, beginning faith. Beginning faith. Verse 8 of our text in chapter 11 says, By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whither he went. Abraham's faith had a beginning. Just like we physically had a beginning when we were born, Jesus uh, talked a little bit about this. <clears throat> he said that we need to be born spiritually just like we were born physically. In a conversation between Jesus and a religious leader of that time, Nicodemus, Jesus told him in John 3, verse 3, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus uh, he didn't understand this, but he said back to Jesus, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, the physical birth. Um, and that is which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not or wonder not, uh, that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Abraham's faith had a birth. Notice two aspects of this beginning, this beginning faith. First of all, the beginning call of God. We find the story of Abraham in in Genesis, and specifically the call of Abraham in chapter 12 of Genesis. You're welcome to to turn there. We'll reference uh, chapter 12 a few times. But Genesis 12, verse 1, uh, and several verses following says, Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Faith begins by God reaching out to us first. It is his love and mercy that is extended to us before we have an opportunity to love or obey him. 1 John 4.19 says, we love him because he first loved us. And it wasn't like Abraham was some great uh, great person that was uh, already obeying God or, or following God. Um, Joshua 24.2 gives us a glimpse of what Abraham, Abraham was like um, before God called him. Joshua 24, 2 says, And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nahor, and they served other gods. Abraham did not follow or love God. Abraham was a pagan who worshipped other gods. Our faith is planted in our hearts first by God's call to us, The second aspect of faith is our choice of obedience. Secondly, the beginning obedience of Abraham. So we had the the beginning call of God. God has to call us first. Secondly, the beginning obedience of Abraham. Uh, Back in verse 8 of our text in Hebrews, uh, we'll jump right back to Genesis, so if you're there, don't uh, lose your spot. But verse 8 again says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whither he went. Abraham obeyed. Genesis 12, 4 goes on to tell us of the story. It says, So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. And Lot went with him, and Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarai his wife, and Lot his brother, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran, and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. Abraham's obedience reveals his faith in what God had said and had promised. Abraham needed faith because he didn't know where he was going. Uh, Again, back in verse 8 of Hebrews 11 says, He went out not knowing whither he went. Who are we obeying? Are we just following ourself? What what our truth is? What we think is right? Are we following what others say? You know, well... um, this guy on TV says this and yeah. this and uh, our uh, representative says this or our president says this or this religious guy says this or are we following God, obeying God? The answer to this question shows us, shows us who we are believing in. Someone once said, the tragedy of life is not that it ends so soon. But that we wait so long to begin it. 2 Corinthians 6 2 says, Now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. If you have yet to put your faith in the saving power of Jesus Christ, today could be that day. It should be that day. Abraham had evidence of a beginning faith. Do you have that evidence of a beginning faith? Secondly, this morning, Abraham has a living faith. A living faith. Hebrews 11.9, uh, back in our text in Hebrews, says, uh, By faith he sojourned in the land of promise. He, he dwelt, he lived in the land of promise. Um, heard a, a story of a, <clears throat> this woman walked by a, a gentleman, but this woman said uh, she was carrying a salad in a, a restaurant as she walked by. And said to this gentleman that was sitting down eating his uh, steak, he said, You know, a cow died so you could eat that steak. And the gentleman replied, If you weren't eating its food, it might have lived. (laughs) Sorry if that offends some of you. I like my steak. The cow was living for a salad. What are we living for? What is our purpose? Abraham sojourned or lived in the land of promise, but he lived in this land as a stranger, living in tabernacles and tents, moving from here to there, from there to here. Abraham didn't just make one choice of faith at the beginning, and that was the end. He had to live out his faith. It affected his everyday life for the rest of his life. Abraham had many challenges dealing with his cousin Lot that he brought with him who wanted to live with the world. He had problems with the residents of the land. One story of them closing off one of his wells and them getting a little skirmish. There was the the weather, the famine that was in the land he had to deal with. Perhaps maybe The first world war happened during Abraham's time as well. But the author of Hebrews highlights a couple of subjects or areas that he did live for, that he needed uh, faith for. First of all, living for his heirs. Living for his heirs or his legacy. Hebrews 11.9 says, By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Uh, Skipping down to verse 12, says, Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them, and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Abraham was mindful of his legacy and how it would be carried down to future generations. So much so that he waited on God, uh, that while he waited on God, he attempted uh, to pass his legacy on to others without God's help. And possibly that was why he brought Lot with him to begin with, to pass his inheritance to Lot. And then it was, you know, Lot, that didn't work out so well, so, well, maybe it's my servant. That wasn't in God's plan. And then Sarah, his wife, said, you know, why don't you go lay with Hagar and have a son by her? But that wasn't in God's plans either. God's plan was that Sarah would have a son, and she did in Isaac. How are we living in order to pass a godly heritage onto our future generations? Are we mindful of it? Are we considering and waiting on God to guide and direct us as we teach our children? No, they're watching us. They're learning from us. Verse 9, the second half of verse 9, points out that God had not just made a promise to Abraham, but to Isaac and Jacob, and to all of Abraham's offspring. Verse 12 references one of the promises of God, that Abraham's seed would be as many as the stars and as innumerable as the sand. Verse 13 tells us uh, that they all, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they all died in faith. Proverbs 13.22 says, A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children. Oftentimes, I think we think of you know, money or wealth that we're leaving to, our, or that's what I think of usually at first when I read that verse, but I think it has a spiritual component as well, that we need to leave a spiritual inheritance for our kids and our grandkids. Deuteronomy 6.7 says, And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children the precepts and ordinances of God. And shalt walk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. How are you doing teaching your children? Your grandchildren? About your spiritual children? Abraham passed down what God had done for him to his children. And verse uh, 13 tells us that they were persuaded themselves. It wasn't something that they automatically got from their father. They themselves were persuaded of the promises of God. And they embraced them and confessed or lived out their faith as strangers on earth, just as their father had done. We need to be mindful of how we are raising and influencing our children and our grandchildren, as well as our spiritual children. Is our faith impacting future generations so Abraham not only lived for his heirs but secondly uh, he was living for a city living for a city back in verse 10 of Hebrews 11 it says for he looked for a city which hath foundations whose builder and maker is God And verse 14 for they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, an heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, and he hath prepared for them a city. So we see the word city and the word country here. He was living for a city. Abraham gave us an example of how to live and why. To live by faith, how to live and why to live. So, how did he live for the city? Verse 10 tells us that he looked, he was searching. He was searching for it. Verse 14, he declared it to others. Others knew he was looking for it. The way he lived his life was a declaration to others that he had faith. Verse 15, he wasn't distracted. Um, by the things of this world. Uh, the things in his past. Uh, he was focused on God. Not the things that he once had. It reminds me of the, the sower that went forth to sow. Uh, Mark 4 verse 19. Um, says and the, after the, the word is sown on the ground. It says And the cares of this world. And the deceitfulness of riches. And the lusts of other things entering in. Choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. What are you focused on? Next, in verse 16, we see that Abraham desired it. He wanted it. Oftentimes, uh, you know, we we want to do the the fun thing, maybe the the sinful thing. But this city is something Abraham desired. Do you desire it? He wanted it. So that's how he lived uh, for the city, some of the aspects of it. Why did he live for the city? Verse 10 tells us it had foundations. The builder and maker was God. 1 Corinthians 3:11 concerning our foundation of faith says for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. The city had foundations. Verse 16 tells us that it was better than what he had known. It was a better country. It was a better city. It was heavenly. God wanted him there. Think about that. God wants you there. God is preparing a place for Abraham. God prepared a place for Abraham. He's also preparing a place for us. Um, Why do we want to live in cities? You know, just um, so we can be closer to things. I don't know how many of you live here in Worcester or maybe you live out in the country. I live out in the country, but um, not too far away from a city. But we want to be closer to things. We want to be closer to work, closer to school, closer to church, closer just to resources, grocery stores. But it's not ultimately about a city I don't think is what Abraham was saying. It's ultimately about being closer to God who is in that city. What is your focus on? Are you living in faith for your heirs and for a city that has been prepared for you? The writer of Hebrews submits that Abraham had a better life because of his faith that was verified by his actions concerning first of all his heirs and secondly the focus that he had on the city of God. Revelation speaks of this city. Revelation 21, 2, and 3 says, And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God, the dwelling of God, is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. We have a city as well. Abraham has the evidence of a beginning faith, a living faith, and thirdly, a trying faith. A trying faith. Hebrews eleven seventeen says, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Notice it says that he was tried by faith, Abraham, when he was tried. A Sunday school teacher uh, was giving her class the assignment for the following week. And she said, next Sunday, we are going to talk about liars. And in preparation for our lesson, I want you all to read the 17th chapter of Mark. The following week, at the beginning of the class meeting, the teacher said, Now then, all of you who have prepared for the lesson by reading the 17th chapter of Mark, please step to the front of the room. About half the class rose and moved to move forward to the front of the room. The teacher went on to say, The rest of you, those that stayed in their seat, may leave. These students, the ones that came forward, are the ones I want to talk to. There is no 17th chapter in the book of Mark. <laughs> thought about taking a poll, but I thought, eh. <laughs> what have you learned out of the 17th chapter of Mark? God tried or tested Abraham's faith. At times, our faith will be tested as well. A couple points to note of Abraham's faith being tried. First of all, a trial of sacrifice. A trial of sacrifice. The first half of verse 17 says, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. Genesis 22 gives us the account of Abraham's trial. Genesis 22.1 says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. The word offering is used several times in verse 17 of our our text, as well as uh, here in Genesis 22. In the middle of our trials, What do our offerings look like? Are they offered by faith? Micah, he didn't know I was going to call him out here. Would you come up here for a second, please? It's my oldest son, Micah. I figured Dave, you know, a couple weeks ago had his son come up, so I got to keep up with him and have my son come up too. So don't worry, I'm not going to sacrifice you or anything. (laughs) You can go ahead and sit back down. (laughs) Can you imagine sacrificing your son? 15 years old. How? I wouldn't be able to make an offering like that. It would have to take faith. In order to do something like that, you know, there's maybe I've come close to something like that. It definitely wasn't offered freely. But when Micah was younger, uh, I don't even, three months old, I think, I don't know, um, he woke up in the middle of the night and, you know, being the good husband that I was, just newly married, we'd been married for a little over, uh, what, a year and a half or something like that. Um, I thought, no, I'll let my wife sleep and I'll go I'll go grab Micah. And so I went into, into Micah's room and and grabbed him out of the crib and, you know, we have burp rags or spit claws or whatever you want to call them. Um, and I, I had him in my, my arm like this and I reached down to grab the burp cloth, burp cloth and he kind of flung himself backward and tumbled out of my hands. And I I don't know, it seemed like I had three or four opportunities to catch him, but every time I, I tried to grab him, he just flipped or turned or something. And he ended up cracking his head on the, the rocking chair, the foot of the rocking chair. Um, so we rushed him to the, the hospital, and it was, it was a scary moment, but I remember thinking, Lord, he's yours. I can't handle this. with Titus, we had a similar experience. I didn't drop him. Although at times I wish maybe I would have. Sorry, but I did have a great time with you on the DC trip. So I love you. Um, but he, we think he got bit by a mosquito or something. We never saw the spot. But he ended up having uh, meningitis, encephalitis, I think. Am I saying that right? We were in the hospital for, for a while. Had Life come in and transport him. And uh, he didn't think he was going to make it. Um, but I remember praying with Pastor. know, Lord, he's yours. Whatever you want out of this situation. But I didn't freely offer my children Abraham freely offered his children. God asked him to, but it wasn't like he's about to die and you don't have any choice. It was, you know, Lord, I'm, I'm going to go through with this. You said this, I'm going to do it. This offering wasn't cheap. It cost Abraham something. Not only was God calling him to sacrifice his son, he had to travel three days with two of his workers, two of his servants. And once they saw the the spot that they were supposed to go, he left his his servants behind and went with his son on up to the mountain. I did a lot of walking in D.C. If I walked for three days, I wouldn't want to walk on top of a mountain as well. He went through the process of, of building the altar and preparing the altar for the burnt sacrifice, all while his son was there watching. And I'm sure while thinking about what um, he was doing and thinking about how he was going to do this with his son, I don't know how he couldn't have thought, but what what, what was he going to tell Sarah? Maybe that's why God wanted him to go so far away, to be a distance away from his wife, I don't know. But it cost Abraham dearly. This was one of, if not the biggest trial of his life. You know, I don't, um, one of the stories that came to mind when I was uh, preparing for this was uh, that of the serpent several years later uh, with Moses as they were traveling to the promised land with the, I forget the number, millions of uh, Israelites. Um, They disobeyed God and um, they were, there was a sickness that came upon the Israelites and God told Moses to make this serpent, you know, as an answer to prayer of healing, make this serpent. So the serpent was an answer to prayer. Isaac was an answer to prayer. And they all looked upon the serpent serpent, and they were healed. But later on, that serpent became an idol. Could it be that the answers to our prayer become an idol to us? I think Abraham obviously shows that Isaac the answer to his prayer, the the prayer that they had been waiting for a hundred years to receive in God's plan that he was being tested if this was an idol or not. What is God asking you to offer, offer to him in faith? This isn't a regular, normal, you know, love offering that you give on a regular basis but this is an offering made in a trial that may only happen once or twice or maybe a few times in your life. Is your faith ready to be tried? Romans ten seventeen. you know, I'm thinking about that. I don't, Lord, I don't, my faith isn't ready to be tried. I need more faith. Romans ten seventeen says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Surround yourself with the hearing of the word of God. Not only was it a trial of sacrifice, but secondly, a trial of accounting. A trial of accounting. Hebrews eleven seventeen says, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Accounting. There's our word, that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. During this trial of faith for Abraham, he accounted, or he reasoned, that God, excuse me, that God was able to raise him up. It's the idea of of weighing a decision. You know, do I want to purchase this car that maybe the air conditioner doesn't work, but this car needs tires? You know, what, what makes sense here? he's weighing his decision he accounted for his decision abraham's faith wasn't just a blind faith or something he just acted upon on a whim he has reasons for what he was going to do and what he did and so should we 1 peter 3:15 says but sanctify the lord god in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason there's the word a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. We should have reasons for what we believe and what we do, especially during times of trial. Notice Abraham's accounting or reasoning for obeying God that we see here in the text. Verse 17, it says, He already had received a promise from God. He had already received God's promises. God proved himself to be faithful. Verse 18 says, He knew... The promise of being a great nation would come through Isaac. Thy seed will be called after Isaac. He knew Isaac was going to be a part of that. And in verse 19 says, God was able to raise him up even if he died. Even if he died. God was powerful enough to raise him up even if he died. And in a way, the second part of verse 19, God did raise Isaac back from the dead because Abraham had already offered him to God in his mind and his heart. Oftentimes, when life gets tough for us, we turn to the idols in our lives to help us escape the reality that we are in. But it's only temporary. What we need to do is take an account of what God has done for us and what he can do, which will strengthen our faith to make it through the trials that we're face, faced with. As we uh, begin to wrap things up or conclude the message this morning. If you would turn to James 2.21. James 2.21. Just a few pages over from Hebrews 11 towards the back of your Bible. <clears throat> now in... Um, when we were in D.C., Titus and I, um, we ate at several different restaurants, but one of them was Subway, and one of the sandwiches that at least I associate with Subway is the BLT sandwich. I don't know if any of you like the BLT sandwich. Personally, probably the only time I eat that sandwich is when somebody else gets it for me because um, I'm not a big tomato fan, you know, bacon, lettuce, and tomato. You um, know, bacon's the really good part, right? The The lettuce is... Uh, I can, you know, it's, it's all right. I can live with that. Um, but the tomato, eh, it's, depending how much I like the person they got it for me, I'll keep it on or maybe I'll <laughs> slip it off or something. But just thinking about the main points this morning, the BLT uh, of Abraham's faith, believing, living, and trying. Believing, living, and trying. James 2.21 says, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought uh, or went along with uh, his works? And by works was faith made perfect? Uh, gives the idea of mature, or maybe for the sake of our study this morning, it was made epic. It was made epic. Verse 23 goes on to say, And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Abraham had epic faith. He had an epic life. Abraham's epic life has evidence for a believing faith, a living faith, and a trying faith. What evidence do you believe? And I have for epic faith. May our faith be found to be pleasing to God. Now I'll close with this. First John 5.3 says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. Not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that over- overcometh the world... Even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. That is why a life of faith is better. That is why faith with proof of works is epic. Let's pray.